Okay, welcome to Wavy Podcast Episode 3. This is, we are new. I am with my homie and my guy in Cali, Calvin Valentine, who is an absolute hero. Hey, respect. What's up, Calvin? What's up, man? <laughs> what's, what's good, player? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're just chilling. Just vibing in the West Coast. We're just chilling, bro. <laughs> vibing in the West Coast, baby. Yeah, God, man. It's good. I'm very lucky to be able to sit down with this man. You are an amazing hip-hop producer, multi-instrumentalist. You release beats as an artist as well. Um, so yeah, thank you for coming on, bro. Appreciate you having me. Um, yeah. One of the first things I always like to ask people about, you know, in music is how they first got started, like what was their first job or, or like, what was their first break, even if it was the smallest thing? Like, how, what was your first route into, like, making beats for other people or making beats just for yourself? I mean, let's see. I, oh, I come from Eugene, Oregon. It's a very small, hippie town in Oregon. And so... There we go. There's not very much opportunity, so we kind of had to build it ourselves. So, like, I started playing drums bet, yeah. when I was six years old with, and my buddy played bass and we were like a little band and that kind of transitioned into us doing hip hop. And so by the time we were in like, I don't know, whatever fit, like 10 or 11 years old, we started throwing our own little shows. And that's how I kind of put myself on, you know? And so that's how I really got started. Oh, that's fine. It was like producing for myself, my groups and my homies. And then I'd say like my big break was when I started working with Planet Asia. And, oh, and fire. That, that was, what year was that? that? Was I was like 19. So that was like 2007 or 8, something like that. And yeah, so that was kind of like my That's first... That's awesome. How did, th how did that... Oh, that happened... How did that first connection That happen? was through MySpace. I just like reached out to a bunch of rappers on MySpace and was like, hey, I got beats. Let's do something. And he was one of the rappers <laughs> who responded and he fucked with what I did. And so we ended up doing a project... Uh, called Camouflage Jackets. Oh, that's yeah. fire. That's And that was like your first proper like release as a producer? Uh, yeah, more or less. I mean, I had, like I said, we put out a bunch, of, we were pressing up our own CDs. I've got like, you know, 10 albums that we like pressed up ourselves throughout high school and stuff. So that was like my oh, first fire. time working with like oh, a big just... artist outside of like, you know, my little Oregon scene or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, that's... And you, so you played, you played yeah, drums? Yeah, I played drums, and uh, then that turned into playing keys and making beats and shit. Yeah. That's wild. I didn't even know. Oh, yeah, of course, because you've got that little kit yeah, even there. Yeah, I always keep the kit in, in the room, studio, though. even though it takes up hella space, but it's necessary. You use quite a lot of live drums as well as yeah, programs, Yeah, I like to do you? a little combination of both. And, you know, I got my little bag of tricks with all my shakers and shit in there, and add a little something over a beat or whatever is always always fun but yeah it's a little combination of both because like doing straight live drums is is a specific sound you know what i mean and it's and we don't always want that yeah sound, yeah, so yeah it's like you kind of got to be picky and choosy that's true it. for sure but there's some there's definitely something to be said i think for like that high hybrid of like a really dope like in the room recorded drum break or something with like some 
you know, modern or like old school yep, samples underneath. Exactly, I do a lot of that. I mean, that's like the joint we did for Bravo was like that. It's like I did kind of like the hi hat and a little snare on the yeah. the live kit, and then we added yeah. the production around it. Yeah, yeah, that's a fire sound. I mean, Tame Impala do that a bit. I mean, that's not so much hip hop. I mean, a lot of people do that. I hear that on Frank Ocean's record. I hear that yep, on Dre's definitely, record. But. Definitely so. But yeah, that's kind of mm -hmm. how I like got my start like i said it was a lot of like independent shit and i moved up to portland kind of same thing like started yeah. groups up there i was in a band called medium troy when i was living in yeah. eugene and we did like the warp tour in 2008 and that was like a an indie rock oh, kind of vibe and i played uh keys in that band yeah so oh, that's why kind of like you know wait what you where we did, did you like tour the west coast leg them? so we did like washington oregon and a few dates in cali kind of thing that's crazy. Was what was cool, that tour man. like? You know, it was very bummy. It was a it was a Jewish connect. Like we did a a bar mitzvah down in Los Angeles. You know, a family bar mitzvah, and the dude hey. Kevin Lyman, who runs uh or who ran the Warp tour, he was there, and he was like, "Y'all want to do a few dates or whatever?" And so we were bumming it. It was like seven dudes in a van, no place to sleep. It was hella fun. <laughs> wow. Who was head? Who that was who like was uh, Katy Perry. Gym class heroes, uh, Cobra Starship, it was like that. It was like the indie indie pop world of two thousand eight or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's crazy. I didn't even. That's yeah, sick. So that you was did fun. That. So that band was like. So I kind of like, you know, I've always done a bunch of different genres, and so that band was just another like way of me kind of expressing other musical tastes and stuff. And there's a bunch of hip hop producers that like started a live yeah. band basically. Well, yeah, because, I mean, I've heard, like, from some of your credits, you've done a bunch of hip-hop stuff, but also you've done, like, some of that more indie stuff as well, with, like, Ryan Beattie, that crossover, like, lo-fi, like, but with some mm -hmm. hip-hop drums Yeah, I mean, I'm shit. always going to have a little, like, soulful rhythm in my shit, but, yeah, I've done, like, full-on mm -hmm. R&B records. I work with this dude, Sam Trump, out of Chicago, and he plays trumpet and sings R&B, and we've done, like, I mean, that's some straight-up, like, neo-soul oh, R&B shit. But, you know, it's like... Hip hop yes, just lives everywhere in music, you know, and that that soulful rhythm lives everywhere. So it really like, does, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be in everything I touch, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who was your first like? Who was your first love in hip hop? Like, was there an artist? I mean, <laughs> that if we're talking like <laughs> first, for, like when I was three years old. My brother, he's three years older than me, and we had a neighbor, Lafa, and we all would like, meet up at Lafa's house. And uh, we lived out in the countryside of Eugene, and we like ran the creek to go to his house. And we'd go there, and like he'd have hip-hop tapes. So like, the first stuff, first hip-hop music I remember really loving was like Criss Cross, Snoop Dogg, and Coolio. Yeah. When I was like three. Okay, those fire. were like, the tapes that we bumped heavy. <laughs> um, that's a that's a nice yeah. little so early taste. Those were taste. like my first influences and what really got me into it. And then you know, it was kind of like I was consuming whatever mainstream rap was on MTV or BET at the time until I was like maybe like twelve or thirteen, and that's when I discovered like independent underground hip hop, and that's when my mind was like, Phew! and I got into like you know, freestyle yeah. fellowship and abstract rude and swollen members of Mocha only and all this like underground stuff that atmosphere and all this stuff you oh know? yeah yeah so yeah so a whole bunch yeah, of different exactly. things really. so it's 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 hard to place one you, one thing but you know do you think it's quite key to being a producer these days to be quite versatile and you know have 
you know, be able to do one thing but also do another. I mean, there's something to be said for being like just doing. Yeah, one I mean, I think like thing. if you're the go-to guy also, for one sound, your time's gonna be up at some point when that sound no longer is hot. So yeah, I've always just tried to like yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if it was a. It was just like I get bored, you know. It's like I love chopping records, so I'll chop records and I'll make like thirty beats in a yeah. few days of samples, and then I don't want to sample anymore, and so I yeah. want to try something else. So that's just how I kind of approach it. But I've got homies like that who like kind of have their one sound and they keep to it, and yeah. people know to come to them for that. Yeah. But for me, my career would have been like dead in the water if I just could only do one thing, you know. Yeah, it's been about being versatile and trying out different things and adapting to the, the yeah, artists you're exactly. working with exactly especially that when you start doing sessions and you're not just like sending beats out or just working with your local rapper and you get an indie rock person who comes over and they're they want a whole different sound and if i could only sample records or and i couldn't play instruments i'd be kind of like confined you know yeah, yeah yeah i feel that i think it's definitely key to be playing a few different instruments as well right i mean just at least having like an understanding of a few chords you can get you can get so much out of just like a little bit of knowledge on keys or drums or yeah 100 um, like. and it's just you know you know i think the other key thing is to like listen to other music a lot of like rap producers that i know don't or, you know that's what makes them so great is because they had to sample records and all this other shit they were listening to all these records that nobody's ever heard yeah. and like obscure you know jazz records or whatever it may be and that opened our minds to like whole different worlds of music and we're not just strictly like you know listening to one style of music and trying to recreate that so i think that's key too is like being a student you know what i mean yeah 100 percent being a student but that's true yeah like listening it, it's i Having done it for a, a while now, I feel like I have to like actively pursue listening to different things sometimes when I'm working mm -hmm. on a specific, do you know what I mean? Like I have to, like since lockdown, like I was like, cool, I'm going to go back and listen because like I was a jazz pianist. Like, so I went back to just listening yeah. to jazz records. And you definitely, when you then take that into like a hip hop record or an R&B record, it's like so interesting how you can get like an obscure little rhythm or detail or idea from a, a weird record or a sample from like, a, 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 you know, an unknown jazz record and it can just be amazing and take a whole new life in like yeah definitely and just even listening even if you don't sample you might have been like oh i was listening to this song earlier and they did this kind of little breakdown let's try our version of it and you know and what we're doing or whatever that's been key for me to like yeah stay creative and shit is is definitely like exploring other genres and not just like listening to hip-hop 24 hours a day you know yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's definitely vital and how how about your rig? Like, how's that grown over the years? Because have you always been like on an MPC producing yeah, on an I mean, MPC? Well, we started, or? When I started making beats, it was like <laughs> we would use uh, this program called Hip Hop EJ. And uh, this was when I was like 10 years old. Hey. And it was basically just like a computer pro uh, program where it had a bunch of like basically like what Splice is nowadays. It was like a bunch of pre made loops in different uh, keys. And yeah. So you could just like grab a drum loop, throw it in there grab a Rhodes loop at, you know, E major and then a bass line at E, boom, boom, and you make a beat. And that's how I started. Was it like cartridges? Nah, nah, this was like just straight on computer, so it was just files and shit. Oh, wow, this is... Yeah, it had a set on thing. Like basically what Splice was doing, but it was like a, a DAW itself. So it's called Hip Hop EJ, and it was just like a yeah. really basic way to like put beats together. And that's how I kind of learned what elements go into making a beat, you know? And then the homie bought the yeah. NPC... And I would just have to go over to his house to use it. And that's when we like 
Because at first it was like all I listened to was music that was sampled, but I thought sampling was whack for some reason because I had no idea. I was so young, I didn't really know what the hell it was. So I'm like, DJ Premier, he yeah. he doesn't, you know, he like makes all these beats and I'm trying to recreate Premier beats with a keyboard. And then like when I realized what the fuck sampling was and it all kind of connected, that's when I actually started making. There's this, it's like a whole, it's like a whole other world. I mean, sampling is such mm-hmm. a beast though, isn't it? Like, I feel like, well, it's just, it's every, every different sample, like there's no set way yeah. really you can approach it. Like it's not it's not really something you can teach, is it? It's like I mean you can learn yeah, the process. Exactly. Well, but that's that's how you it, it 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 changes so much because the record because of how you know obscure one record yeah, might be and how you approach it, one. and you know there's simple ways of just looping things to the to chopping shit up, speeding it in all different ways. So that was a yeah. So once we got onto the MPC and started like digging for records, I think I was I was like 13 or something, 14 when we started doing that, and that's when it all kind of clicked on like how beats were put together and everything. Uh, and then I like, yeah. gave away my drum set and shit. <laughs> I was like, I don't need my drums. Fuck live instruments. <laughs> and then when I hit like my senior year of high school, I was like, why did I give away my drum? Like I had to get my drums back. And, you know, I like, had to buy a new kit and everything. <laughs> That's a classic, bro. I think I sold my saxophone right. for drugs at some point. And then I was like, what you're like, was hey man, it's hip hop, man. I know, you know, I was like, I wasn't paying attention enough to know that like live drums were essential to making music. You know, I was like, oh, we just making rap records. Yeah, that's still, <laughs> yeah, that's still a thing. And also for like making your own samples and shit. Like, if you have a drum kit there, just like going crazy with different ways yeah, you can record definitely. it, and then adding some analog stuff to it, and then you suddenly have like unique definitely drum sounds. That, right? So you live and you learn. You know, I think when I came up, it was like there was just so many rules. Like if you were in hip hop, like there was just so many rules and the four elements and like all these things yeah. that you had to follow by that like don't yeah. really exist anymore <laughs> for better or worse. And uh, yeah, there was a, like, you know, yeah. I refused to sample anything from the eighties. It had to be, you know, 79 <laughs> and below. Like I wasn't, I never touched yeah, a drum yeah. kit, like a, a pre like downloadable drum sounds until I was like, to like 2009, bro. All the beats I made, I would literally go find a hi-hat, find a kick, find a snare, and do that every <laughs> single time I made a beat. I didn't even think to make my own drum sounds from the sounds I had recorded and mixed. So like, I come from an yeah. era of like extra, extra work. <laughs> extra work, yeah. But do you think that's like, what do you think has been the key to you? Because like, I've seen you chop it up. Like you chop it up quickly and hard. On the MPC, like you're sick. What do you think's been your key to that? Like, do you think sampling's just been something that you've worked at? Like, how do you think it is, is the best I mean, way to that, get better like at you it? You said just working at it, and like, it's just what came natural to me a lot too. You know, manipulating sounds and like finding yeah. loops and that that whole thing. I've always just really enjoyed that, and I've just been doing it for forever. So I think it's just like second nature. And as much as I like step away and try to yeah. do like. You know, like the Ryan Beatty project, there's no samples in that. It's straight composed. Like, I got yeah. a lot of albums. Like, my solo album, Keep Summer, Keep Summer Safe, straight composed. Like, no samples. Uh, wow. But there's just something special. Like, a perfect example is I just got a placement yeah. with this group, and it's with this record that I, I like, made the beat out of a sample. They didn't want to clear the master yeah. side of the sample, so I had to recreate the sample. And so I recreated the sample. Yeah. Basically, cool. perfectly. Like, as perfect as you could. Because it wasn't just like a piano loop, yeah. it's like a whole, I took like a whole band, <laughs> so it's got the drums in it, it's got the bass, and then I like played shit on top of it or whatever. 
it's even got little vocal chops. So cool. I recreated the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And they made me like change it one last time. I changed that. And then they ended up just clearing the sample. Because it's like there's something <laughs> that is there's something <laughs> there about something it you about can't put it, your finger on that's just it. like, why is this so special? And it's because it's not one dude trying to recreate it. It's like seven guys in a room playing a song together, feeling the energy. Yeah. And I'm taking that and making a new energy. Yeah, out it of existed, it, you know? yeah. Yeah, and when wow. you process that sample, I mean, it, to me, that's, because that's, of the raw recording that it had, it's like it. Oh my bad, it you adds so much to it, right? Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Um, no, I was just saying that it it adds to it. The using the raw recording like adds to exactly. the beat so much more than just the re the replication. But that's definitely a thing, isn't it? Like people replicating samples these days to like avoid clearing it. Definitely, definitely. Oh shit! Am I am I bugging? Am I bugging out? You were bugging second. out a little bit, but you're getting back. I'm gonna switch over internet for one second. All right, you're back. Yo, that'll be better. <laughs> you're back. No, I, I, I heard what you said, but yeah, like, um, um, what? Uh, I mean, overall, like, what's been some of your favorite projects to work on? Like as that a, I've been a part of. Like, has there, yeah, has there been anything that's like just been complete like standout um, or the, obviously, obviously you love yeah, every no, you know obviously you love something yeah, and everything the, uh, you work on the pro the two projects I've done with Illa J you know Jay Dilla's younger brother um, that's been a fantastic experience because he's somebody I was a fan of that's amazing um, like Illa J himself I was a big fan of him when he first started coming out with like the Yancey Boy shit and stuff so. That was really cool, and that was I met him at a time where like that was the kind of music I was really trying to make, and we just like linked up and made made that shit. Yeah, and definitely like the Ryan Beatty project, the Boy and Jeans project's a special one for me. It's kind of same yeah. thing. I felt like I was getting really boxed into this like, oh, this is the kind of style of music you do, and so that was me kind of showing like, oh, you think yeah. all I can do is like sample or do some hip hop shit? Let me make this like pop record for you or whatever. <laughs> so that was really cool. It's an it's an amazing record Thanks. that Ryan Beatty won. But that's amazing also working with Illa J. I mean, Jay Dilla's obviously a, a legend. <laughs> I mean, his drums were just, you know. He's the good, he's the good, he's, he's God. He is the God, this world. man. He's is, he is, he is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's somebody who I'd remember discovering when I was like 13 and I saw the uh, Raise It Up video on yeah. MTV Jams when I was at my friend's house and like went out and bought Fantastic Volume 2 like that night. I made my dad drive me to Borders to go buy it. I was like, I got to get Fantastic Volume 2. And that's when I first discovered, like, who JD was, you know? Like, I'd heard... And then, of course, you go yeah. back and, like, oh, you did the Far Side Records. You did all these records that I, like, love. But, yeah, that was a good moment for me when I discovered who he was and was able to, like, connect it to all this music I loved. And then I was a fan forever, you know? And it was like, oh. Yeah. Amazing. I mean... Have how did you connect with Illa? Was that just like an organic thing? Like, did you? Just uh, that was because when I was living in Portland, Oregon, um, the rapper Frank Knit from Frank and Dank, who was like you know Jay Dilla's best friends or whatever, uh, he was he was in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. I think he was dating a girl who lived up there or something, and he just said on Twitter like, "I need some weed. I'm in I'm in Portland," and I like hit him up like, "I got you, bro. Just pull up." <laughs> And he came through my studio and we just like, there was, I was still smoking blunts back then and we just like smoked blunts for a few hours and like he told me Dilla stories and we just like became friends and 
a few years later, I was living in LA and Illa J had come to do Low End Theory. And Frank basically was just like, yo, you got to meet Calvin. Y'all will make some crazy shit. And so he linked us up. Yep. It's crazy. It's crazy how those things yeah. come together, isn't it? You, somebody like, you meet, you know, a few years later, it turns into this, which turns into the next, you know, the next thing is is crazy. And like, uh, yeah. yeah, the first song that, that Illa J and I made is called Spiders. And that we released that song just independently. And it's like, what, it's got like 4 million plays or something like that. It's, which is awesome. That's we amazing. just like put it out just because we're like, oh, we got this extra song, let's drop it. And it's done really well. And then the two albums we put out, Home and John Yancey, have done really well too. So it's fucking dope. Yeah. That's amazing. Third record? When's the, is there, when's when's the, the next one? <laughs> I don't know. That's a, yeah. he's, got, he's living life right now. You know, he was touring for like, yeah. basically since like 2009 he's been doing world tours and stuff and so this was his first year being able to like relax and chill at home and so I think he's really enjoying that and like not not being forced to have to like make another record to go on tour or whatever so I think he's he just got married and shit you know he's living his yeah. life yeah 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 but that's yeah, like I, I mean that. me and him are like that. best friends now so it's like at this point when he comes over, we barely even work. We just like chop it up and kick it. <laughs> you just kick it. Because we didn't yeah, get yeah. to do that yeah, when yeah, we, yeah. In, in our first few yeah. years of knowing each other because he didn't live in LA. So he would just fly in for like six, seven days. Yeah, you were just, you were just working. Yeah, I mean, both the albums we did, we made in six days. Yeah, we just like... Oh, wow. Because we work hella I quick. See. We'll do like two songs a day. Not even rushing. It's not like, oh, we did it in six days rush. It was just like, that's how quick we work. We like to do, keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely something to be said for working quite quickly, I think. Like, even if it's just, because you can, especially these days with so many instruments and possibilities, it's like you can get ideas in. You know, everyone has a band at their yeah, fingertips. Definitely. So like, when I get, you can, you can get. I was just going to say, I get burnt, I get burnt out. Yeah, too. sorry, go like, on. Yeah. I, I need to just work <laughs> on that shit while I'm in it. And if I step away from it and I try to come back to it, most of the time I'm just like not, not enthused, you know, so. That's usually why I like doing, yeah. you know, like the the new beat tape I'm gonna put out this year. Uh, I did it in like three days. I just made like thirty beats in three days, and then picked my favorite twenty. You know, and it sounds that's like amazing. It, it sounds like it's in its own yeah. world because I was in my own world when I made it, and that's what I try to do. It's hard when you to, made it, yeah. I'm not really the type to like work on an album for a year and perf- try to perfect it to this like. I like the shit being loose. Yeah. I like it being a little sloppy. I like it clipping a little bit too. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm I'm there with you. I think like if the vibes there, mm-hmm. the vibes there. Like, I think especially when yeah, you definitely. I definitely know what you mean about those going into that zone, and you just like sometimes you do just have to get it out in one sitting. Like you sort of yeah. know you have to. At least the at least the the, the you know the exactly. flesh and bones when, of it. And you you hear the, that about the like, idea. your favorite albums. You know like. Coming up, I'm thinking, oh, they took forever to record, you know, whatever it is, some Al Green records. Like, that was a whole year. And then you, like, read the autobiographies and, like, oh, that was, we held up in the studio for a week and a half when we knocked out, you know, whatever project. So it's, like, I think that's kind of, like, more common than, than like, a Frank Ocean taking four years to, to make a record. But yeah, whatever works. Yeah. I mean, whatever works for your process. And I, uh, yeah, I don't have an yeah, album that touches Blonde, it's, so what do I know? <laughs> yeah. maybe I do need to take four years yeah. on a record yeah it's a yeah, yeah, yeah no I mean I don't you know but it's like sometimes you don't know it's like sometimes the creative moment can just last 10 seconds and there's like a mm-hmm. hook and a beat do you know what I mean it can just be so quick sometimes but then you might work on 
making sure that it's like the best version of it yeah. for like a year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like fine tuning that, that one moment of, mm-hmm. of beauty. I remember my homie Mocha Only, who's like one of my favorite producers and rappers, he, he was telling me that. He was just like, man, when you catch that moment, just like dive into it. Cause it's like, you might, it'll just leave. When it leaves you, it might not ever come back. And I've definitely had that happen where I like thought yeah. I was about to make this style of album, and then I got distracted with something else and tried to come back to it, and I couldn't even like get in that world anymore, you know. I know that. Yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah, you just have to sometimes pounce on it and just yeah. be ready in it, like <laughs> ready to exactly. execute that idea. Exactly. Um, what are you? So you've got beat tape coming out. What have you, what's it been like for you in lockdown? Like, obviously, it's, it's been, been, you know, <laughs> luckily I'm blessed to have like a home studio and, you know, uh, it's, it's been uh, a bummer not seeing people and not like working with people. But I'm yeah. also kind of used to being by myself and just making a lot of music by myself. So it's like kind of just put me back to how I was yeah, when I was like I living that. in Eugene or something where there was like not that many people to work with except for the close homies. So it was a lot of just like, working on beats and whatever so it's been all right you know i've been able to thrive i put out two projects yeah. last year i uh, did a solo album that i'm putting out Let's this go. year in a beat tape and produced for a bunch of people so that's been cool but definitely ready to like be around folks yes is yeah i know what you're saying is there anything new that's coming out that or anything new you've been working on that's exciting like yeah, other I'm artists working with my buddy lando chill and um he was an artist who was on mellow music oh, fire. group which was a, the label i was on for yeah, a bit. yeah yeah and we have we just dropped a single we're gonna put out like a single every month until i think june and then we're putting out his ep and that's called your neighbor oh that's fire um, bro yes yeah, so that should be hey, dope and go. i got my my instrumental project or beat tape called weed is awesome and uh yeah i think we'll probably hey. I saw you talking about making that. That's exciting. That come, When's that coming out? I think out? we're going to try to push for like a, a 420, you know, somewhere around April, you know, April release. We got <laughs> some cool go. ideas for that one if, <laughs> if it all goes. I'm like linking with my homie to, to hopefully put it out. And we got some cool ideas for like a vinyl and shit for that. So that should be dope. Um, I got a project with this rapper Milk from Portland. It's called Tiger Milk. And... Uh, that shit's crazy. Oh, it's just crazy. He's like a real rapper, I need rapper, to check barred that up. up rapper. So that shit's hella fun. Yeah. Um, that was a fun project too because he just, I sent him a bunch of beats and he just sent me vocals. That's like, just, or excuse me, he just sent me verses. So it'd be like two verses or just one verse. And he let me like oh. be creative and like turn them into songs and shit. So I don't know when that one's coming out. Oh, that's kind of dope. What that sounds kind of fire. It was though. hella that fun. Kind of interesting. <laughs> uh-huh. It was hella fun to make. <laughs> what was his name? What Milk, was his like name again? M I L C. Yeah, Milk. so he's yeah, dope. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got a bunch of other shit, but you know how it is. Until it's like, till the checks in the account. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. You know, I'm not going. I'm not going to. I'm not going to yeah, jinx yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah, I got yeah. some cool. But I do got some yeah, cool yeah, placements nah. and like some bigger artists I've been working with. But you know how that shit is, bro. Of like, course, yeah. I got the Burner yeah, Boy. Yeah, yeah, of I got course, a Burner yeah. Boy song, sp- and then it didn't make his album. So it's like, <laughs> you really have a Burner Boy song? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can listen to it. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a, it's definitely a thing. Yeah, yeah we can exactly. listen to I it. Could, yeah, yeah, we can listen thing, to it. But it's like, I don't really. I definitely learned that after a while. You know, just because you know you get the record on hold, and it can even be the better record. I mean, you don't know some of the things that play the yep. play the. I mean, I, I believe that whatever the artist 
puts out and wants to put out is you know best yeah. of them but when the, the label, label gets, gets involved, involved or in like, a dodgy you know, way <laughs> I mean with that Burner Boy joint like it was different than this normal stuff he does it was a little more like it wasn't like an Afrobeat vibe it was a little more just like it was like an R&B-ish Fair. joint but it was kind of hard so I had a yeah. feeling I was like this one might yeah. not make it just cause it's not like in the vibe of what he <laughs> yeah. normally does but yeah, it was a, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a dope record. Yeah, that happens. Hopefully, it sees the light of day at some point. <laughs> That's fire. I'm sure you you never know these yeah. days. I and it was just like one of those things that people, was like, you know, I manifested it. It was, it was somebody who I've been wanting to work with for a yeah. long time, and you made it happen. But yeah, it's like that. Be careful what you wish for. Shit. It's like, what well, did you manifest? A track with Burner Boy, yeah. or like a track with <laughs> Burner Boy that's out in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's sort of the part of it, isn't it? It's 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 something that you really we we never have any control on. It's like, and you sort of had to come to terms with that as a producer, isn't it? It's just like you just gotta yep. you've just gotta produce constantly. Like you just get into that like daily thing where you're just or not daily, but even just like at least weekly. You know, you're just especially as you get yeah. older. I think <laughs> shout out to the youngins, but as you get older, you're like it really becomes your thing. You know, it's gotta be your thing. You know, if you're just, that's what you're going for. And you realize they're just producing more and more, you know, and trying out different things and experimenting. 100%. Is kind of and I, you know, when I first, especially when I first moved out to LA and I started doing sessions with like, you know, major label artists and you do the song and then they tell you their idea. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to get this person on and I'm going to get that person on it. And then you come mm-hmm. home and you're telling everybody, oh, I just did a song with so and so and they're getting so and so. And then nothing ever happens. And people are like, what happened to that one song that this dude was? And you're just like, fuck. So that taught me to just like shut up about shit. Even in my head, like, don't get excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, if everybody yeah. said who they were going to get on what, I'd be, you know, multi-platinum by now, but <laughs> it doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, yeah. You just have to sort of wish for the best, yeah. really. Isn't well, it? find and your just, enjoyment. Just keep make, folk, focus yeah, exactly. on the music. Find what makes yeah. you happy. And if, like, chasing placements doesn't make you happy, then don't do that shit, you know? And, like, that's why I like doing... Yeah. Follow your mm-hmm. That's why I like doing yeah. the independent stuff too and like putting out my own beat tapes and doing my solo music as well because then it doesn't just confine me to, yeah. well, if I didn't get a placement on this person's record, none of my music comes out. I don't fuck with that. I make too much music for that. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's why I like yeah, doing yeah. all of it because um, I do all of it. It's like, why not? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Why not put yeah, it out? I, if yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah, I make yeah. music for myself at the end of the day. So if I like it, I'm going to release it and yeah. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, I think it's super important to be doing those extracurricular kind of things almost, and it just to like to keep your keep yourself sort of because it me- means that you're more inspired when you go back to each of your different projects. One hundred percent. You don't feel like you're like working for other people. You know, it's like especially when I first moved out here in like 2014, the whole buzz around the industry was like everybody. You know, like Rihanna's working on her new album submit songs for Rihanna like I'm yeah. trying to get a pub deal and they're like oh well we can like you know yeah. make sure you're getting songs to Rihanna da 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 but that was 2014 yeah. like where's Rihanna's album you know what I mean <laughs> and you know how many people worked like I had, I had a lot of sessions where we like worked on songs for Rihanna and shit and it's just like in that moment I'm all excited yeah. I'm like feeling myself like ooh I'm gonna get a Rihanna placement and then it's like seven years later and you're like she didn't even put out a fucking album <laughs> <laughs> so it's like if that's all you're working towards you're, you're gonna be screwed you know what I mean if like 
Exactly. Yeah, you've got to have your age group because those things, those bigger placements, you know, you can't control that. It's just, it's like a yeah, drop out of the sky, especially if you're not like in the room with people <laughs> and you're just, you're just another person submitting, you know, a bunch of songs for them for not even Rihanna to hear, but somebody else to hear to make. Sh- to then send a Rihanna's person to hear, to then be like, okay, Rihanna can hear these five songs out of 500 or whatever. So that's yeah. when I, like, that was a good, like, wake-up call moving out here. I was like, okay, you still need to, like, be on your independent hustle and still, like, do your thing because we can't yeah. rely on this shit. Yeah, you can't. This, this is important. That's actually a good point. It's important. You need to, you don't want to be able to have to rely on anybody and... To, to be able to find ways of doing your own thing is just definitely, vital, definitely. And just, yeah, chasing placements is, I mean, I still do it because it's mm-hmm. easy to send out beats and whatever yeah, yeah. else, but it's like about approaching it with a different mind frame of not yeah. being like, oh, this, you know, yeah. this is going to be the shit to change my career. But that also happens as you get older. Like, yeah, you realize there's not like that one big thing that's going to make you, you know? Yeah, it's just, it's like, little things and then as you keep progressing you look back and you're like oh wow that happened then and that happened then and because that happened i worked on that part of my skill set or because that happened i worked on that and then you elevated and then you met someone because of some project you did and exactly and then yeah it's crazy it's crazy how it works it's good you know you just gotta i feel yeah i agree you just gotta go with the flow find your own find your own own little places yeah exactly and your goals change and like once you accomplish them goals then you're living in them and it's like a whole different, that's where appreciation comes into play. And like, I feel like that's tough for people who are motivated and who want more. It's like, we're always looking for the next thing and the, you know, it's, you know, and you you get the thing you want and you're just like, "Mm, well, now I want this. And, you know, that's a a tough part. That's been like a balance for my career of whether that's like a positive or a negative, you know, because it's like, you want to enjoy your success to a certain extent and your accomplishments, but you don't want to live in them where you're like not do you know, not continuing to move forward and progress. So that's always a tough one for me of like really sitting in it and being like, damn, you did that. And that's what you like five years ago when you wrote out your list, you accomplished all those things. But because now my goals yeah. are over here, I don't care that I accomplished all those things. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, yeah. You forget it yeah. after like two days. Yeah, bro, I know yeah. that feeling. I remember when I signed, like I signed publishing and I remember the next day I felt so empty and I was like, oh, I was like, this hasn't changed, yeah. this doesn't change anything. I mean, and I knew that, but it's like, it's a stark reality when it happens. I don't know. You're like, oh, wow. Same day, you know, you think that it's going to open some door, but there's never any necessarily definitive door. It's, it's exactly. Even doors. if you get that big hit record, it's <laughs> still like, well, now you got to do it. Now they've got to do another one. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like can you go do that? And yeah. that's crazy, man. But I feel you with that pub deal thing for sure. You feel on top of the world for a second, and you're like, oh. I mean, that's like my homies with Grammys and shit. They say that too. Yeah, I've heard people yeah, with Grammys. Which is say like, that, I'm yeah. like, I still want said, one. They're like, it doesn't really mean much. I'm like, oh, it means something still. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it means you can charge an extra five racks on whatever you're doing at least. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. It's wild, isn't it? I've, I I know somebody that's got that won a Grammy, and they 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 looked me in the eyes before, and they said, you know, they didn't feel like they, you know, done half the right. things they wanted to get done, you know. And I think they had a few Grammys and mad Crazy awards, like, yeah. and recent. But that's know, what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I think people with that, people who can't accomplish those goals, that's how they can't accomplish those goals. Because our mind frame isn't like, oh, we did that, we're fucking awesome. It's like, okay, yeah, we did that, but 
but Kanye got 31 Grammys or whatever the fuck. So what's my one Grammy? You know what I mean? It's like that kind of mind frame, which is <laughs> probably not the best mind frame to have, but I feel like it can keep you, it keeps you moving to a yeah. certain extent. Yeah, you've got to ride it a bit, yeah, I guess. But it can turn negative if you start you looking are. at other people, start pocket watching and go, oh, this person got this. Yeah. Well, I think personally with like goals, I realized that it's important to set them and have them there, but it's like you need to remove any expectation yeah, from or them. Or time really. frame. That, that either, <laughs> yeah. yeah, or time frame. Yeah. And because and, I've definitely fell into the, the, the hole of sort of, yeah, expecting something. And then you get that thing and it's not what you expect. And that is what yep, trips you exactly. out. And, then it's like, and that was like the Ryan Project. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I want to produce a non-rap album and it come out on a major label. And it did that. But it's like, yeah. there was other things that I wanted with that that didn't happen. And so then it was like, so, so I'm like, oh, that didn't go exactly how I wanted when it was like, yeah, but it's exactly what you wanted, yeah. you dummy. You know, it's like, just enjoy that that happened. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. It's what happened. It's an amazing, exactly, it's a dope exactly record. Exactly. Yeah, so that's, that's what I've been working on yeah. the older I get is just like appreciating what I've done without, without, without a stroke, without it yeah. being an ego stroke. More of just like, hey man, keep go- reasons to yeah. keep going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've done some amazing Appreciate things, man. You've done some dope things. And I, and I know that you're going to do some dope things in the future. Those drums. <laughs> working on it. <laughs> Those fucking, yo, drums. Yeah. We're get, we've got a few fucking, we got a few heaters Definitely in there. Definitely that. We're going to get some <laughs> shit moving. I already know. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, bro. Thank you for the for the honesty and for the, you know, openness and Appreciate good energy. You, and for telling me about this because it's fire and it's amazing. All the different things you've done from like the, you know, the Dilla stuff and with Illa and like the Ryan Beattie stuff and all the different all the different hip hop stuff and sounds that you've done, I love. Appreciate <laughs> I'm you, I'm a big fan. I, I appreciate it. I'm a big fan so too. I, you already know. Yeah. yeah Can't wait yeah, till you're back go. in the states and we um, can cook up in person. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, and smoke, smoke and one. Just not- <laughs> <laughs> well, yo, thank you so much for coming on, my man. Um, I'm excited to hear all the new music this year. And yeah, man. Yeah, appreciate. Thank you, you so bro. much. Woo!